underachieving college football programs, power programs historically, programs with great resources that should be better than they have been. Who are they? Why have they not been as good? What has taken them to this point? And in some cases, why has it been so long? That's the topic today on the Landry Football Podcast. Reminder, you can get detailed breakdowns on the world of football, college, and NFL over at LandryFootball.com. Take advantage of the scouting season offer today. Also, uh, a reminder to subscribe, like, and share the Landry Football Podcast Network. Um, It's free. Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, sign up for that. LandryFootball.com, it's football views from a coach, scout, administrator. Whether it involves players, teams, coaches, schemes, on the college or NFL level, a front office, a coaching, a scouting viewpoint on all of these topics, college and NFL. That's what we do for you at LandryFootball.com. The scouting season offer takes you through 12 months. You can try it out for a month. You can try it out for six months. The 12-month deal deal is the best deal that we've got going. Disappointing programs. Always interesting. There are a lot of candidates. I'm going to limit it a little bit. Programs that, for different reasons, have had success in the past, they're not real good now. I mean, let's just kind of go through them, and let's just think about them a little bit. Um, I don't know that there's a true number one. Um, I would would just go ahead um, – and maybe start with programs, um, not necessarily in any particular order. But how about um, taking a look at maybe Texas? This is a place that's got everything you'd want. It's got more money than you can ever expect. And unlike, say, Texas A&M, they have had success at Texas. They have had power programs under Darrell Rohr. They have won national championships under Coach Rohr and even one under Mac Brown. But being consistent, they get in their own way. While some people look for a sugar daddy booster and hope that they can have one, Texas has got a room full of them. And therein lies the problem with administratively, ego-wise, um things working out not so well but they have been set up for success now the one thing they did not have and the one thing that AM had was that AM joined the SEC the best conference in college football Texas was in the Big 12 yes they were the king of the Big 12 yes they wrote their own ticket in the Big 12 yes They ran the Big 12. They were the dog, and Oklahoma was kind of right there with them, maybe just a step behind, and the rest of the league was the tail. I mean, they were just just following along. Texas's world, and everybody's living in it in the Big 12. Well, now they're in the SEC. They now have... Everything, which is why AM was so upset when Texas was allowed in. You see, AM 
thought that's what gave them an advantage. Yeah, we're not Texas, although the Aggies don't like hearing that. They think they're better than Texas. Uh, I don't know that I can say anybody's better, but the reality is it is the University of Texas and it's Texas A&M. I think Texas, Texas A&M is very much like the Alabama-Auburn discussion. There's University of Alabama and then there's Auburn. Um, and Auburn has had a lot more success by comparison than A&M as a football program. But A&M had the SEC feather in their cap and Texas didn't. Now that's no longer the case. But if you look at it, um, look at, and I'm not talking about having to win championships every couple of years or three years at Texas. Nobody can do what Alabama has done under Nick Saban, where you're just winning six or seven titles. Um, I mean, I think Georgia's kind of the, the next way, but I don't know that they'll win seven. But they they apparently gone on their on their way to winning more than just two. I mean they're they're pretty good. So as I say, no one's going to do that. I, I I say that with Georgia is kind of in the process of doing it. That shouldn't be the expectation at Texas. Uh, maybe it could be. I mean, there's no reason why Texas can't do what. Alabama and Georgia have done, except that they don't give the type of power and control to the coach that they need. Now, they did make a run at Nick Saban, and they probably would have given him control, but giving him control and having to deal with some booster guy that wants to come in and do this and that and wants to be buddy, but you know, you're not going to have a great coach that's willing to put up with that crap. Texas has gotten in their own way. They had the biggest conference advantage of anyone in the Big 12. You're talking about they should have won that league every year without even thinking about it. Hell, they, they couldn't even do anything. They can't even buy a 10-win season every few years. It's not that they're not winning championships at Texas. It's that they can't even have 10-win seasons in a Big 12 where those things should be the floor. That would probably be the biggest program. Now, Steve Sarkeesian possibly could change this. Now the expectation maybe nationally is, hey, you know what? Maybe Sark can get it turned around. Oh, I'm not going to say Texas is back. No. I mean, back from what? What is Back to what? You know, I mean, I mean, they haven't, I mean, they haven't, again, been that great for such a, you know, generations that I think that they can be not just relevant, but really good. They're going to need to be, or they're going to get embarrassed even more in the, in the SEC. Texas would lead my, my list. I would say that over the length of time, I'm going to talk about Miami and Florida State and Florida. I'm going to put those three in a in a group. Miami is the one that's had the most success as a football program historically <clears throat> in the 80s, 90s to now 
has been a precipitous drop. Um, you're talking about a program that was clearly the best, the most dominant, the best players, and they did it with Howard Schnellenberg, Jimmy Johnson, and then even won one with Dennis Erickson. They were dominant. Things have changed in college football, and they haven't kept up with it. Now, they played their games and won titles playing in the decrepit Orange Bowl. They didn't have their on-campus facility. So they kind of defied the elite program status with others having great on-campus stadiums. They didn't have that. They had multiple coaches. They played in a rickety old stadium, and they made that work. But the difference is, as college football, college athletics as a whole has changed, the whole, I call it the information age, the television age, where everybody can see you, where you can go anywhere and basically feel like you're at home because everyone can see you and watch you play. The provincial part of recruiting has changed so much over the years. Miami was great because as Hollich Nellenberger built the program, he says, we're going to put a, a, a fence around the state of Miami. Yeah, I didn't misspeak. He said, we're going to do everything in Braden and um, Broward and Dade County. We're going to get all the top players to come here and we can build a power here. And they did it. It's not been real successful. Now, in doing that, they did a lot of things from an integrity standpoint that really affected their program. And they tried to clean up that image. It was being done under Howard Schnellenberger and Jimmy Johnson, but Dennis Erickson was disorganized. And while he continued to do that, it got exposed because A, it's the information age, and B, he couldn't keep it under wraps like the other two could. And I think the, the president, and the presidents of the University of Miami had a different take on, hey, the program had become rogue. You know, fans and alumni of University of Miami called it the U. Everybody else around the country called it thug U. And that's kind of the reputation and what the upper level administrators of Miami wanted to change. In that, it, it basically began to break apart that program. Now you throw in the fact that everybody's got the lavish facilities. Everybody's got the lavish stadium and it's on campus. If you've been to Miami Coral uh, campus, Coral Gables, it, it doesn't have a place really for a big stadium. And it's lost a lot of that. Now kids from Miami are going to be more inclined to go to Alabama or Georgia than to go to Miami. It's because it's not the it place anymore. It's winning begets winning and more great players want to go there. When you begin to lose it, when you begin to say, we're going to take a different type of guy and you're going to have a different type of culture, then it creates a lot of problems. Um, it's average facilities. Um, it's, you know, when people say, well, yeah, well, back then we didn't do it. That's because no one had great facilities 30 years ago. Some had better than others, but now in the world of everybody having state-of-the-art lavish facilities and you got below average 
lavish to below average looks like a completely different level. And that's a turn off to kids. I think Miami's, their inability to even really do anything consistently in the ACC. Um, their pedestrian program. You know, they went from independent to the Big East and dominated the Big East. Still Miami then now. The fact that they can't even get back and stand up straight and have a consistent program, they certainly, while not dominant and while not maybe in a position to compete for titles, they certainly are capable, if done right, of winning 10 games a year. And yet they're not even that. So in some ways, Texas is worse because they have those things that Miami doesn't have, including all the talent in the state of Texas. And all the facilities and all the things that Miami lacks, Texas has, still not getting it done. Miami is um, at least in a situation where they have some things that have not been just coaching related, but it's been more university and administrative related. Florida State, I want to throw in. Now, Florida State's starting to turn it around under Mike Norvell, and they're starting to be competitive and good. And I think Miami and Florida State will have good seasons. But let's go back to Florida State, and let's be honest, I don't know that Florida State belongs on this list because under Jimbo Fisher, they did play for a title. I mean, they did win one, and so they've had some success. But that program has obviously dropped considerably since Bobby Bowden left. Same thing as Miami, except they've got better on-campus facilities. They've got a better stadium. They have fallen behind in terms of facilities, but not as bad as Miami. So I'm not going to put Florida State on this list because I think they've had enough success. But I think it's worth mentioning because I do put Miami and Florida State kind of in a group and that those were maybe the two best programs, certainly two of the best five, if not two of the best three programs in the country for a stretch. Miami, Florida State, at the beginning of the year, at the end of the year, in the middle of the year, whenever you wanted to play it, before the BCS era was for the national championship, basically for the shot at it at the beginning of the year. That's how big and important it was, and that's how good those programs were. Florida State's always been in a little better position in terms of facilities, in terms of, um, you know, the, the, the stadium and in, in, in the, what they've tried to do with facilities and even um, which coach Bowden was able to get built there and all of that, they were fine facility wise for a while, but they just kind of stayed stagnant. And as everybody began to grow their facilities, everybody began to put lavish facilities up Florida state didn't. And so there's this huge gap between Florida state and others. Now they're trying to change that. Um, and I think after the latter stages of Jimbo and Willie Taggart, Mike Novell has turned it around pretty quickly. So I, I, I don't put them on the list, but I wanted to mention them. Florida, I would put on the list. What the hell? Another program that probably to people's surprise got really behind and really stagnant in terms of facilities. When Steve Spurrier was there, yeah, Steve didn't have lavish facilities either. 
And, of course, Steve Zegel will tell you, yeah, I did it without that. Yeah, but guess what? When Steve was coaching, no one had lavish facilities. So their facilities were on par with the others. Oh, they may have been slightly behind this one and slightly ahead of that one, but they were on par. What has happened in the boom around the league, what LSU, Georgia, Auburn, even the Kentuckys of the world, what everybody has done facility-wise, Florida's gotten behind. Now, they opened up recently in Gainesville a beautiful new facility of Florida. They're going to benefit from that. I don't know if Billy Napier is going to get it done there, but they have now taken steps. Now, what they're going to have to do is continue to do that. Because the one thing that I think that they really did, Jeremy Foley as the athletic director, who hit and missed on some coaching hires, he let the facility, the arms race, fall by the wayside. And I think it hurt them. I think some bad coaching hires have hurt Florida. Obviously, Urban Meyer was a good hire. Remember that when Steve Spurrier left, um, they didn't make a good hire. They did not. Ron Zook did not work out, but Urban Meyer was a great hire, and Urban Meyer did good things. But since then, they've made one bad hire after another and have not been very patient. Uh, and I thought that Dan Mullen was a perfect fit. He just was not able to embrace the recruiting and I think the facilities and whatnot um, hurt them, hurt them in that process, and they've fallen behind. Dan Mullen made a made a run in 20. They lost a close one to Alabama in the SEC title game. But look, Florida should be an elite national contender. They got the recruiting territory. They're like Texas. But at least Florida, that's why they're, you know, Texas is more of a disappointment. Florida is um, at least won a title. Title under, had success under Spurry and won a, tie, a couple of titles under under Urban Meyer. But Will Muschamp, Jim McElwain, Dan Mullen, Billy Napier, it, it, it just it hasn't worked. Throw in the fact that Georgia is now so dominant facility-wise, so dominant as a program, Florida's not catching Georgia. Florida, if they become 50% better than they are right now, is not catching Georgia. Right now, they're so far behind Georgia that it, 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 it will rankle Florida fans and Florida alumni because Florida fans and alumni are the most entitled in the SEC. They think, you know, Alabama fans are entitled. They expect to win titles every year and they come close to it. Florida fans think they should win it every year and they think that they're going to win it this year, that they're not even competitive or even in the conversation of being in the upper tier of the SEC, their fan base doesn't even realize it. They're bad. They're not even close to what Georgia is. And I would put them among the most disappointing. I would put them up there with Miami. Um, there are other programs you could throw in the mix. I think those three stand out. Uh, other programs that are huge disappointments with with maybe some expectations in past success. Auburn has been a roller coaster. Um, you know, you had some success there. Gene Chiswick won a title there. Gus Malzahn was an assistant there. 
but Gus was inconsistent. Brian Harson was a disaster. I do think Hugh Freeze is a hire. Good hire. I think with patience, I think they can get that program really good. Can they do things right? Can they stay within the rules? Can they avoid getting out of trouble? That's that's the problem that Hugh Freeze has had in his background, along with personal problems. Auburn's got a lots of potential, but they're in a tough SEC West. And Nick Saban makes everybody in the West um, shrivel up to some degree. And no more so is that case with Auburn because they're in the same state. And so no one is in the shadow of Alabama more than Auburn. I think that if they're patient with you, Freeze, and they can do things correctly and you're patient, I think. You freeze can get the program up to the point where they're going to compete. And then as Nick Saban exits, Auburn, depending on what Alabama does and who they hire, could end up being better. LSU's in great shape. Um, if you're ranking the power five programs, uh, the power programs in the SEC West, I should say, it's Alabama, LSU, Auburn. Um, and, and you put them in different orders depending upon different time frames. A&M's never been a power, trying to be, but are not. The Mississippi schools are not. Arkansas is not. It's the big three and the little four. But Auburn has not been part of the big three recently. They've been a huge disappointment. Getting back to where they're at least in the mix of the big three would be something that I would put at. Um Let's go through some others. I, I, one program that I don't think is a national championship caliber program, but I think is a good program, and they have collapsed, and that's Virginia Tech. I don't think they're a, a power-type program. But Frank Beamer had a program that, if things fall in the right place, they could be in the, at least the championship conversation nationally, but always good. Always tough. Now they are awful. Justin Fuente, that hire was a failure. And I thought Justin would do a better job than he did. Brent Pry had a horrible first season. Um, they used to have, you know, the Michael Vicks and the Brian Randalls and the Tyrod Taylor types. And Hendon Hooker had to leave there to go to Tennessee. That's a program that getting back to being competitive is something that they need. Some other programs that I think, let's go through them real quickly. In the ACC, I don't really see any program that's hugely disappointment. Syracuse should at least be competitive and go to bowl games. Um, in the Big Ten, um, I think Nebraska is a program that I do not expect them to be a power like they used to be. But there's no reason why Nebraska, and I, perhaps Matt Rule can do this, make this, flip this around. There's no reason why Nebraska can't be what Wisconsin has been. A consistent, good leader in the Big Ten West, win it, you know, competing in it every year, winning it some. Nebraska's been a disaster. Again, don't 
expect them to be a power in winning national titles. But being competitive in the Big Ten West is certainly doable. Um, I think that's something that we need to see. Uh, Penn State's underachieved, but they've been pretty good. So you can't say that. Um, over in the Big 12, we talked about Texas. Uh, I don't think there's another program in the Big 12, past or current, that's a huge disappointment. Maybe, in, you know, in, in relative to what their the potential is. You know, Kansas has been off in the past. They're pretty good. Kansas State was always awful until Bill Snyder got there. Um, Oklahoma State's up and down. TCU, Tech. I mean, all those programs are not powers. The expectation's not great. The Pac-12, I think they're disappointing programs. I think there's potential at Arizona State, but they haven't been awful. I think UCLA has more potential they've, than they've shown, but that's more administrative and facility-related. Uh, Colorado's become a disaster. Maybe Dion can do something. Um, and I think we've gone through the SEC. You know, there's not expectations at Vandy. AM, you know, people say they're disappointing. AM's just, they've never been dominant. They're, they, Texas has been good nationally. Texas AM has never been. So AM's not disappointment, a disappointment. They've just been non existent in terms of a power. Tennessee would be maybe under the category of disappointment since Philip Fulmer era. Uh, but certainly last year's rebound would take them off that list. Um, the Mississippi schools don't have the potential to be a national program. Um, and Arkansas certainly hasn't shown the way, even though they've got some money, they haven't put into it. So I think that's kind of the look of the Power Five programs that at least have been disappointing relative to what their potential is. Maybe it's just to consistently to win nine, eight, nine games like Virginia Tech, and they can't even do anything right. Or maybe it's a Florida that should be dominant year in and year out, and they're not even competitive. Miami not even being competitive. Hugely disappointment. Um, I, I, that's a look. That's uh, the way I see it. Uh, I, a reminder, check out LandryFootball.com for all the latest in the world of football, college football, NFL. Try it out for a month. You try it out for six months. The scouting season offers the best deal that we've got going, however. Also a reminder to subscribe, like, and share for free the Landry Football Podcast Network on Apple or Spotify. Um, that way you don't miss any of our football content. As always, great to be with you. Talk to you again next time, everyone.